Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. My name is Chris Shad, I write for the Viking Age as well as zone coverage and bring me the news. And we do this every Monday and Thursday night right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. But however you consume us, because we're on Apple and Spotify the very next day, like, comment, share, subscribe. That way you never miss a new episode and we can spread the word to all the Viking fans out there. Today's guest for our Thursday show. If you were a fan of my old podcast, The Homer Horn, you will know this gentleman. He's not a Vikings blogger. He's not a podcaster, any of that sort. But he is a diehard Viking fan, just like you and I. And, you know, he's a, he's a diehard fan of Minnesota sports in general. So I figure I would give him a mic because he sounds good on the mic. That's kind of part of the equation, right? But uh, I figured I'd give him a chance to come on the Viking Age podcast today. And his name is Mr. Nick Marty. What's going on, Nick? Chris, thanks for letting me come back on. I'm excited to be on the newer version of your uh, enterprise here and ready to talk a little football with you. Yeah, and I mean, there might be some people who are just like, why do you have a random dude on the show? Well, you know, we've seen the pain of past Vikings teams, you and I. We've seen the pain of every other team in this state. And the current landscape, you know, the Twins eliminated, the Wild mediocre, wearing a mild, wild hat right now. But uh, it is a black one because they're just marching to another first round exit, probably. Uh, the Gophers, embarrassing. And I'm not even talking about basketball yet. That's a whole nother discussion. And the Timberwolves, well, I'm sure somebody will punch a wall or punch a referee or something. Something weird there will happen. But of course, then there are the Vikings. And I'm feeling down about the Vikings. And when that happens, I want to start talk sports with my friends because they either cheer me up or they bitch right alongside me. So uh, that is your task, Nick Marty, if you choose to accept it today. Well, I'm going to do my best. It feels a little bit like Groundhog's Day, right? The movie, the old Bill Murray movie, where I feel like we see the same thing constantly for 30 plus years of my life. But you know what? Therapy is a good thing, right? It helps a lot of people out. And that is my job here is to help you work through your issues, Chris, uh, around some of our Minnesota sports teams. And, I, and I'm here to be both a shoulder to cry on uh, and hope, hopefully a beacon of positivity uh, in this darkness we're feeling right yeah because as we head into the abyss uh we have to talk about justin jefferson because he has not missed a game in each of his first three seasons but he will be out the next four weeks because he was sent to ir jefferson was injured in the second half of sunday's loss to the kansas city chiefs uh there were a lot of warning signs that this was going to be bad he missed the final drive when the Vikings were trying to tie it. That's probably not good because he would have probably had to fight some guys to get out there. Uh, and Kevin O'Connell basically said they were going to play the long game with him on Monday. And they were placed on IR on Tuesday. So when you're placed on IR, it's not like the old school IR where you miss the entire season. 
Uh, it just means you're going to miss the next four games. And the Vikings are hoping they will get him back this season, which seems kind of wild when you talk about that because it didn't really, it just seemed like a hamstring tweak. But um, was this the right move to put Justin Jefferson on ice for a while as the Viking season is circling down the drain? Well, I, I think it's, it's how you look at it. I mean, is it the right move to, to create the best chance to get some W's? Well, obviously not, right? Justin Jefferson is your piece, is your star, is what your entire offense is focused around. If you have flipped the page and are starting to look towards the future and a potential change in a key position, uh, you need to be high in the draft. So uh, some fans, uh, I will count myself in there, could see this as, as a pretty good opportunity to see what you really have on offense. Let Jordan Addison cook a little bit here. See what you have in here. Um, you know, it's a tough road ahead. You got the Niners looming, the Bears in Chicago. That field is always a mess. You don't want Jefferson to get hurt worse. Um, and so I don't think it's a terrible thing long term to get your star player healthy and potentially see what you have and, you know, look towards maybe a Caleb Williams future or a Drake main future, you know, to get in that realm, uh, you got to stack up a little bit of losses. And uh, a part of me has seen this movie before and I'm ready for, you know, a new series. This depends on what the Vikings goal is the rest of the year. If they want to be NFC North champions of the world or sneak into the playoffs as a under, you know, underdog seven seed, you know, this, this is kind of a gut punch to their hopes, right? Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in the NFL. He's their best weapon on offense on a offense that largely has been disappointing in my opinion, uh, through the first five games, you're also going to miss him against the bears, which you could probably beat the bears without Justin Jefferson. Uh, the 49ers in that game is probably just a loss anyway. You slice because the 49ers are that team right now. Uh, you go to Green Bay, coin flip game, and then you play, you go to Atlanta, another coin flip game. Those are best case scenario. If you bring Justin Jefferson back after four weeks, those are the games that he's going to miss. But if your goal is something else, which is kind of the one you're hinting at, starting a new movie, starting a new team, rebuilding. And, you know, scaring the hell out of all these Viking fans who love these nine or eight win seasons. I love it when my team is in the hunt and everything else. This is the right move. I mean, I feel like the Vikings have just been pushing towards this mediocrity. You know, I talked about the wild at the beginning of the uh, broadcast. And, you know, the thing that infuriates me about the wild is that they just they just lock themselves into a bunch of players who are just OK. But our general manager gets a little, you know, little uh, frisky when he sees mediocre fourth line, third line players on the ice, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like the Vikings have the same problem. They lock into the wrong guys. They, they have this core that they just hold so near and dear to their heart, or maybe the owners hold near and dear to their heart. And I think that the one and four start combined with Justin Jefferson's injury, it, it's got to have them um, start thinking about the future because competitive rebuild has basically become a meme when it comes to not only just in Viking circles, but league wide. And the Vikings eventually have to accept, hey, Kirk Cousins not going to play until he's 50. Uh, a lot of other things. I, I think this is a right move because you need to start thinking about the future now. I agree. I think as Minnesota sports fans, right? Like I'm not a blogger, like you said, but I am a tried and true Minnesota sports fan. Like we, we, we are okay. And one of the things that drives me nuts is just this, like this drive for being the, the conference or the division champ. Like I've seen that before, right? Like 
I'm tired of first round exits. I I'm tired of nine and eight teams. If we're legitimately look at this team and the gap between them and the Niners, the Lions and the Eagles, like we are not close to hanging with those teams. So why would we stay in this, you know, middle of the road pack? And I, I would much rather take a thing from the twins, which totally hurt them, right? Like I would rather swing for the fences and strike out than constantly, you know, try to butt the runner over and move up and try to like hope and pray that you can piece something together with the same pieces you've had uh, as you move forward. I actually don't think this season, uh, I think Kirk's playing, he's balling out right now. Kirk is not our problem. And I'm not wanting to get rid of Kirk because of Kirk. I see a three-year, you know, stretch of time where we got to get bad to get good. We got to we got to free up some money at that position, breathe some new life into it. And I just don't think Kirk is your long-term answer. So let's pull that Band-Aid now because I don't think we're going to be in the realm of really competing. Not, not competing, really competing for the ultimate prize in his window. So let's let's get what we can for him. Let's say thanks for your years. Um, and let's let's swing at something new. Yeah. And you also have to accept the reality of the situation this year. Not only are you one in four, you're three games back to the four and one Lions. And let me just read a list of teams that uh, are ahead of the Vikings in the standings. The 49ers, the Eagles, the Lions, the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Packers, the Rams, Commanders. And then you have this group of one and four teams, Bears, Vikings, Giants, Cardinals, Panthers, who are 0-5. Um, it's not looking good. Even if you do get hot and you have that traditional, it's almost like a yearly tradition where they just like, we're proving everybody wrong. They win four or five straight games. And last year, it just happened to last a little bit longer at the beginning of the season. That pushed them to the playoffs. This group is six and eight since starting eight and one last year, which is kind of wild to think about. But a lot of the things that went right for them in the first nine games of Kevin O'Connell's tenure just have not gone right ever since in some of its execution some of it is the personnel and some of it is just the willingness to be mediocre and i don't know if that starts with the top i don't know if that starts with the coaching staff who has, who is on four year contracts the vikings need to push forward and i think that's where this gets hard because you know here here's my biggest evidence i'll go on, i know i'm going on a tangent here but but i'm just going to throw this out there i think the biggest difference between this year and last year is that there feels like there is a lack of leadership on this team. And I know they let go of Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, Dalvin Cook, Zadarius Smith, Patrick Peterson, Dalvin Tomlinson. We were on board pretty much with all those moves. Like you didn't really lose much, like getting rid of those guys, but what they brought to the locker room were like a ton of, I don't want to say loud voices, but just strong voices. And this year it's been hard to replace. Like you look at the team right now, Kirk Cousins, more of a fade to the background kind of guy, right? You talked about like coming into the locker room at Michigan State and there are four guys ahead of him, Jeff Chart, and he didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Justin Jefferson, I mean, he he's more like a, he is a loud guy, but he's more like a lead by example guy. He's not going to get anybody's face to what we know. Christian Derrissaw is not there yet. Brian O'Neill is a lead by example guy. Uh, Harrison Smith's going to quietly lift weights until he dies or something like that. And then Daniil Hunter, who... 
hey guys, uh, my contract sucks. Can I get another? Can I can I get another twenty bucks or whatever? Like there is no voice in the lo- locker room that's grabbing this thing in the by the balls right now. And you know when that happens, what is the value of holding on to guys over the age of thirty? Like I just don't think there is. No, and, and I was on board with all of those moves, and and I to me that was the first step to where we want to go, right? Like letting go of Eric Kendricks to me was like it's like when you're having a rough time and you finally break up with that girl that's been like you had great times, you it was fun while it lasted, but it was time to move on, and I was like applauding, like it was a hard thing for Minnesota fans to see him walk away. Adam Thielen, he's one of us. I don't know if you know that, but he played <laughs> at a smaller Minnesota school at one time in his career. I don't know if you've ever realized that before. Um, uh, Mankato? <laughs> something something like, that. like that. Yeah. yeah. And so it was It was a first step. And, and I just think now we have to continue that path. We can't do it halfway. It's time. These players were great. Now it's time for them to move on to, to different things and for us to kind of really take an advantage and just really rebuild this thing. Let's rebuild it. Let's swing. That's what all the teams do. I look at the Bengals and I know they're struggling, right? But the Bengals had to be really bad and they got a, they got a Super Bowl berth out of, right? Like they were really bad for a while, but now they have an all world quarterback, an all world receiver. They have pieces that even when they're bad, like they've started this year, you know that the dawn is still coming, right? You know that the sun will rise for that team eventually. And I just don't see a scenario where that happens with the Vikings. Now, I look at their schedule and you know what's going to happen. Here's my pessimistic Minnesota sports fan in us. Our schedule is manageable, right? We got the Bears twice, the Packers twice, Vegas. We got the Broncos, which are, you know, just hot garbage in a lot of ways. Um, And so my Minnesota sports fans going, we're going to probably end up with eight or nine wins still. And we will stay one more year with the same thing over and over. So the Je- you know, going back to the Jefferson conversation, it, to me, it almost forces the issue a little bit. If he is legitimately hurt, you save him and it forces this issue of hopefully now you see we need more than just him. Yeah, like in the worst, I think the worst case scenario for the Vikings is that they become this year's Lions, right? Because what did the Lions start like one in six, one in seven, and then all of a sudden they just undertakered their way through the second half of the season and barely missed the playoffs. Like that, I think, is the worst case scenario for the Vikings. And I, I think there might be some fans out there and be like, no, it's great. What are you talking about? In the hunt. Like, well, they'll give us important games in December. There's red zone if, if you need it. There's DFS. There's fantasy football. Like you can find other ways to entertain yourself when your team is bad. And maybe like it'll hurt for a little bit, but eventually you're going to be good and you're going to get a quarterback. You're going to get... I mean, it's not just the quarterback. It's the rest of the team. It's the entire 53-man roster where you're sitting there and it's just like you have no corners. You uh, Name name a defensive lineman on the Vikings. Not an edge rusher, a defensive lineman. I mean, Harrison Phillips and Kyrus Tonga. Like, I I mean, yeah, there's holes everywhere. And and, and I'm tired of every offseason, like, the penny pinching, right? Like, we've put ourselves in a situation where – and some of these players have earned it, but it feels like we're always battling the cap. Not only do we have talent gaps in a lot of key positions that I think we're are being exposed a little bit to start this season, the depth, but we also like everything's like, oh, we'd love to fix our corner, but we don't have any money for it. So we got to go with young guys. And if those young guys don't pan out, right, like there's no stop gaps to kind of help you get through or 
infuse some of that veteran leadership because you're getting guys who other teams really have cast away, right? The kind of players we're focusing on. Um, And so I'm hopeful that we can kind of reset this whole thing, both from a money perspective and a talent perspective. And I think to do that, we got to bottom out. And you know how you bottom out? You start selling at the trade deadline. (laughs) Yeah, that is exactly where we're going next. His SI's Albert Breer was on the Rich Eisen show earlier today. And back in April, he was saying he heard from some really smart people telling him that he this might be the most active trade deadline in quite some time because of the quarterback group that is coming out. USC's Caleb Williams and North Carolina's Drake May are obviously the headliners. But you have guys who could join this group like Colorado Shador Sanders, Michigan's J.J. McCarthy, Washington's Michael Penix Jr., Oregon's Bo Nix, Texas's Quinn Ewers. That last group was, you know, guys that you could get in the second round. Maybe you do the stopgap thing. His quote was, there are going to be some interesting conversations where an owner could get starry-eyed over the idea of getting Caleb Williams or Drake May. Then he mentioned the Vikings could specifically be sellers. What could you get for Daniil Hunter? What could you get for Harrison Smith? What could you get for KJ Osborne? Sell, 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 baby. Is Quasey going to act like he's on the stock exchange floor again and just start shipping players out? What's going to happen? I mean, this team is not like void of ta- talent, right? Like there are some players on this team that I think would provide a lot of value for a contender, right? If you're willing to consider Harrison Smith, man, that guy's still got a year or two. He's still extremely smart. He's not a long-term option. You're not going to get a first-round pick. So all these Viking fans that have this misconception of like the value of our team, but that's not what it's about. I mean, you either get something for him or he walks and you get nothing. And if I can get a fifth-round pick for Harrison Smith, I'm in on that, that trade, right? Like Because I want to acquire assets so either we can we, – we, we, we need currency to be able to move and get the players that we really target. And to do that, sometimes you have to sell the shiny things that you love. And so Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter, doesn't seem like he really wants to be a leader or on this team. It feels like every other year he's asking for a raise and he wants more, but then he like will disappear for large parts of the season. Like the talent is there, but I've never seen the work like match mirror the talent in a consistent way, right? I mean, to me, Kirk Cousins is available. There's lots of teams that always need a quarterback. I think you're open to everyone, right? Other than JJ, I, there's not a player on this team that I don't go. Probably Darisaw. JJ Darisaw are the two that I'm going to probably, you know, say thanks. Uh, but you'd have to give me like your first round picks for life uh, for me to trade these players. But to me, everyone else is worth a conversation um, because you need chips to push into the middle. This is a really good draft, right? Like, like yes. Caleb Williams. Williams is a next generational talent from what he sees. And how fun would it be to actually have a young, whether he pans out or not, how fun would the first couple of years be to have a quarterback that is on that talent, that talent level? Um, To me, that is worth every bit of misery that I might go through this year. You know, I stayed up until 1 a.m. last Saturday because I'm a psycho and it was like my my weekend. My weekend doesn't start officially until especially when the Jacks play at night. Like it doesn't start until nine o'clock. So I'm like, I'll watch USC in Arizona. And Caleb Williams didn't have the best night, but the play he made in double or I think triple overtime, the two point conversion, 
tiptoeing along the sideline and picking it up. This is not a play you see Kirk Cousins make. Um, not at all. And I mean, this isn't a conversation about just Kirk Cousins. We'll get mm-hmm. to Kirk in just a little bit here. But this is a conversation about the rest of the roster. It is It is not just a strong quarterback class. It is a strong everything class. Like from top to bottom, whatever need you have, there is a player that can fill it. And I mean, in the case of Neil Hunter, go look at Bradley Chubb's trade from a year ago. Like, and uh, Darren Wolfson, by the way, today did say on Score North that Jacksonville has all sorts of interest in Daniel Hunter. So that could be a deal that could be worked out if you can get, I, I mean, can they get a first round pick? I don't know. I, I don't know if that would work, but if you can get draft assets for that because he wants a big contract, like go do it. Like Ezra Cleveland, go do it. Like KJ Osborne, first first train out of town. I, I'll probably take a plane, but I mean, <laughs> you know, like I'm not attached to many players on this team right now when it comes to their long term hopes, and I think that's why there's so much heat around Kirk Cousins right now. Yeah, and why wouldn't Jacksonville want that? Daniel Hunter has the ability to be a game changer, and they're in the hunt of things, right? And so, and we all know that when you trade for a Minnesota athlete, usually success comes with it because they're leaving our hearts and going somewhere else. And we love watching them succeed in other places. So let's go. Let's, let's, let's use that. Let's let them succeed. In- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Other places and continue to get assets. Continue to get chips. The only player to me that is off the books is J.J., everyone else let's hear what you got to say let's do it let's let's do like i really want this to happen let's hear what they got to say about kirk cousins because uh obviously that is the uh big topic of discussion especially if you flip on espn in the mornings they got they got the mock trades the jets it's like zach wilson and a seventh round pick for kirk cousins and it's like ah no we're not going to do that um for what it's worth Breer did say, forget Kirk Cousins during his rant. And I think that meant there's other like tradable assets on this team. Like they could keep Kirk and keep him around. Uh, Jay Glazer has another take that he dropped earlier. And he was actually the one on the Rich Eisen show. I got my reports mixed up. But uh, Glazer made the point that guys normally get traded are guys who want some kind of monster contract going forward. The Rams dealt Jalen Ramsey. He got paid. Broncos traded Bradley Chubb. He got paid. Vikings traded for TJ Hawkinson. He got paid eventually. Um, you know, Cousins, Hunter, and Osborne, all in that category. Ezra Cleveland, he probably wants a big deal because he's been bought out this year. But Glazer's quote was, I think the Vikings want him back. At least in camp, they did. I haven't been back there since camp, but I think they wanted him back since then. For what it's worth, Kirk Cousins has a no trade clause, which a lot of fans 
like Kirk Cousins fans. I, I wouldn't even call them Vikings fans, but a lot of fans out there, as soon as this conversation gets brought up, they go, but uh, uh, no trade, no trade. Uh, Kirk has no, you use it, Kirk. Use it. Like it's the money in the bank briefcase or something <laughs> like that. Like they're, they're going to trade him to the Jets and Kirk's going to come in with his briefcase and like slap it down and like shove it in Quasi's face or something. You gave me this. You gave me this. Um, Kevin Seifert actually asked Kirk about the no trade clause and whether he'd waive it on Wednesday. And Kirk said, it's not worth my time, energy, or attention to discuss this, basically because it doesn't help me beat the Bears. What do you think? Do you think Kirk Cousins waves his don't trade clause? I think his preference is no, right? Like, he seems like a guy that even in a one and four season likes the comfort of where he's at. He's making a lot of money. He's comfortable with O'Connell. He can kind of look around this year and go, it's not really me why we're losing, right? Like, I can't help it that everything you know, knocks off of these guys' hands and falls into the other's team. I can't help it that every time I hit a big play, they fumble it when we get close to actually doing something. And so I think he's pretty comfortable here. Now, would he never do it? I don't know, but I think it's got to be the right situation, which then complicates trying to trade him, right? When you don't have the cards, it has to be the perfect situation. Those teams know, you know, they talk. I'm sure that they know where Kirk's head is at if they're going to try to trade for him. And I think that just decreases the value or any leverage you have of your asking price when you know there's only one or two spots that he would consider. So is it impossible? No. Do I think a trade for Kirk is going to happen? I I just don't see it happening. To me, it feels more like a end of the season. We'll see what they do. He'll either leave or they'll sign him to another two, three year deal. And we'll be back here. I just there's too much national love for, for me to think it actually is going to happen. I just think there's a lot of hurdles. You know, I was listening to Purple Daily earlier today, and they had mentioned Kirk Cousins loves to be in control of his future, right? Whether it's his contract, whether it's, you know, where he's playing or whatever, Kirk likes to be comfortable. And I think putting up garbage time stats with Kevin O'Connell is the best way to get paid next offseason. And Honestly, I I think the Vikings have to just take the L here because they gave Kirk Cousins a no trade clause with that contract extension when Quasey and KOC got here. They they decided to do it because they didn't want to start over. They didn't want to have a new quarterback in a security blanket. Um, You know, it, it could wind up being a similar story to when he left Washington, where You know, Kirk played, look at his stats. He played well and all the comebacks and stuff. And it was that mean old Kevin O'Connell. Like, I know he tried to like get along with him and stuff, but I mean, he really held him back and he never could get the plays and his playbook was too complex. I could see that being what winds up happening here. And I think, you know, Kirk might look at it. He's a businessman. He's one of the greatest free agents of all time. He go, this seems desperate. They want to be, you know, nine win team. All I got to do is show up every Sunday, get my, and I'm sure Kirk wants to win a Super Bowl deep down. I mean, he's got that little carve out in his house for the Lombardi (laughs) trophy. Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he's also probably thinking one last contract. I got one last contract to cash in. If I hit free agency, I can use the Vikings as leverage. And if there's a place I'd rather be, I can do that or like use other teams that, 
you know, may go crazy over Kirk Cousins. Maybe they think they're a quarterback away and they can fix him. Like, I don't think Kirk will waive his no trade because he wants to be in control of the situation. And if he gets traded, let's say the Falcons. I think the Falcons are more realistic than the Jets right now. So let's say the Falcons are going to cough up enough assets for a trade. I don't think Kirk is going to go there and be like, well, my only... And, and, and it's kind of like baseball, too. When you know a guy doesn't have team control and he might not sign with you, you're not going to give up as much, right? Mm-hmm. So why would he go to another team where his value could be capped or his options are limited when he could just decline the no trade clause, throw to Justin Jefferson over the second half. Cause we assume he'll be back and just be good to go. Yeah. And then, then he gets whatever he wants next year, right? If he wants yeah. to just get the biggest contract he can, he has 30 some teams he can look at and he can cash another big check. If he legitimately wants to win a super bowl, he can hunt for that team as well, right? He has the power Um, and I just, I think everything you said is spot on, right? He has control. Um, so I don't think in my heart of hearts, I am, I am holding out hope that he's going to waive that and we're going to magically get a first round or a second round pick for him. And the other thing that can help him if he stays here, like if he turns this thing around and wills them to the postseason, like, it's almost like he's almost taking the plight of Rick Vaughn in major league two, right? Like in Major League One, he he comes out. I mean, I, Kirk's never done jail. To, I I don't think like <laughs> if Kirk ever went to jail, he'd be like Dominic Mysterio jail, right? Where he goes for like <laughs> five minutes and he's like ex-con Kirk or something. He's got like a mom tattoo on his neck or something. Um, I I think that you know Kirk he broke out last year and he kind of gained the respect of Vikings fans and he became likable because of his Kirk O'Chain's per- persona. And I don't think it has anything to do with him like wearing the chain and going online because like that was that was Kirk saying he's like, oh, no, it's too risky. We probably shouldn't do that anymore and blah, blah, blah. It was an attitude. It was a, you know, IDGAF, so to speak, where, you know, Justin Jefferson's double covered in Buffalo. Ah, frick it. I'm going to throw him open, <laughs> you know, and double coverage. I don't care. because We're going to come back like he was unfazed last year and this year he needs like he should get an endorsement deal with Bose now. And, you know, the noise canceling headphones, like put them in his headset so he can't like hear anything and then just can get the play calls clearly. He can run it. Then he'll say he can't hear his other teammates and then we'll, we'll go there because that's how this thing works. But I think that in order to save this season, he needs to become Kirk O'Chain's. And that would be like max cash in. The only problem is it's not good for the Viking. It's just not at this point. And the team itself doesn't seem to have that same swagger last year, right? Like they, they've kind of reverted back to, oh my God, things are going wrong. Like last year was such a unique and weird year as a Viking fan. Cause it was like, at least in season, it was like, look at everything that's gone wrong. You know, screw it. We're going to win it anyway. And they would. And it was crazy. And now it's like back to, oh, my goodness, we fumbled. That means the next three drives, we're going to go three and out because we don't know. We're still thinking about that fumble that we had in the red zone. They can't shake anything off. They're not getting the bounces. Everything's going the other way. It just feels like the swagger of last year is gone. Um, and this thing could snowball. And, um, yeah, I, I don't see Kirko Chains returning, especially with JJ gone, right? Like, he brought that out of him. Um, and so did like some of the other players that aren't here anymore. Patrick Peterson, like some of those guys brought that out of him. And I think right now he's, like I said, I love the Rick Vaughn reference. He feels like he's corporate Kirk again, which we saw two years ago, three years ago, not last year. Yeah, it's 
again, it's opening night for the wild. I'm going to take as many shots at them as I can. It's kind of like Marcus Foligno and Ryan Hartman, right? They have one good season and like four eh, ones, but the, the good season is the expectation. That's basically what's going on with Kirk Cousins right now. Um, the Bears. Let's talk about the Bears. The Vikings are going to kick off at Soldier Field at 12 p.m., which is great news for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Brandon Godden and former Vikings legend Robert Smith are going to be on the call for Fox. The Vikings are favored by three points. Nick, I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't really care what happens in this game. I, I, I have become very apathetic. Um, you would obviously like to see something from Jordan Addison. I think that's kind of what most Viking fans want to see. Um, I want to see if this defense, which is allowing the second highest completion percentage in the NFL right now behind the Denver Broncos, who are going to get Taylor Swifted into oblivion tonight uh, against the Chiefs. Like, can they stop Justin Fields? I, I don't know. Uh, we got to find out what what is Kirk Cousins against Justin Jefferson? Um, is it more random targets to KJ Osborne? It, do we do we see more targets to TJ Hawkinson, which I think he has a massive game on Sunday. Can the Vikings hang on to the ball like that? That's another thing I want to see. Stop fumbling. Like, I just want to share this because this is funny to me. Uh, Josh Oliver was asked about, uh, you know, his fumble in the first quarter against the Chiefs. And like when they asked him about it, he's like, when you have the ball, the organization is in your hands. I let the Vikings down today. He sounded like I didn't hear like his tone, but I bet you like Kevin O'Connell made him write that 500 times on a whiteboard like Bart Simpson. Just like the ball is in the organization is the ball. The ball is the organization. Like, what do you want to see on Sunday? Because I, I don't even know at this. I, I, I don't want to cheer for a Vikings loss because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to build that culture. But what do you want to see when they play the Bears? I got no problem building that culture. I'm going to be very honest. <laughs> and it's because I love the team so much, right? Yeah. Bears got two first-round picks. We got to finish. Like, I want the Bears to have every tiebreaker they can owe us, right? And so... Like, this is a game, if you honestly want Caleb Williams, this is a game you got to lose. Because the Bears are going to be in the bottom at some point. Unless Justin Fields has this massive season, they could consider making Caleb Williams the pick. And so I want them to have the tiebreak. What I think will happen, this has not been a, a, a place we have gone and had a lot of success. Even in our best years and their worst years, Soldier Field is a bit of a nightmare to us. Running quarterbacks are usually a bit of a nightmare for us. So I think even without me cheering for a Viking loss, I honestly do not love the matchup for us this week. No JJ, that fields, we always struggle there. And I think think even going for the W, I still feels like a three to seven point Bears win, um, even with all guns blazing um, as we go. You hope no one gets, you know, drastically hurt. Um, I'd love to see Jordan Addison show out a little bit. I'd love Hawkinson to get back on track to build a little um, just faith back up in him. Um, but I think even with my heart cheering for them in a way, I still think the Bears pull this thing out um, on Sunday. I would have called you crazy at the beginning of the year for saying that. But here, my official take on the Vikings, this team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Next level analysis, right? But they can't hang on to the ball. They can't execute properly. They can't do anything. Now they go to Soldier Field, which I know they've won a couple in a row. I think it's three, four in a row over at Soldier Field. Well, good for them. Hang the banner. 
Also, the Bears have dead guy energy because Dick <laughs> Butkus, it's the first home game since he died. They're going to be like, win one for Dick. And that is not a place I want to be, not without Justin Jefferson on my side. I think it changes a lot. Can I see the Vikings pulling out a win on Sunday? Sure, of course. I, I, I think they very well could. I just think that there's too much against this team right now. Like, I don't think they're pointing fingers. I don't think I don't think they're doing anything like that. I just don't think they're good enough. And being on the road against the Bears, who looked really good against Washington last week, I think they're finally figuring out, hey, let's have Justin Fields, like, play football instead of <laughs> scheming all this stuff. Like, it might actually work. Granted, if you have Caleb Williams, you take Caleb Williams. But um, I'm going to say Bears 27, Vikings 20. How about yeah. you? That feels right. You know, I was thinking kind of a 27-23 type of game uh, with the Bears coming out, like I said, somewhere between three to seven points. I don't think they're going to blow us out, but uh, but I think the Bears sneak in a really ugly game uh, out uh, on Sunday. All right. So this is the part normally uh, where we have somebody plug their projects and their Twitter yep. handle and everything else. Uh, you don't have any of that. So this is the time where we simply... Uh, go off the rails and, uh, you know, uh, in the words of Cody Rhodes, uh, what do you want to talk about? This is the only reason I really come on your show is for the last <laughs> five minutes to talk WWE wrestling. Uh, Chris, I got to tell you, so my my seven-year-old daughter um, about, I would say, six months ago sat down and watched her first Monday Night Raw with me. And in my dad of dad hearts, she fell in love with the product. We went to Raw this summer. She We watch it together every week. So something I already love has become better because now it's bonding with my seven-year-old. She's pulled out my old wrestling action figures and learning about people like the Honky Tonk Man and The Rock and Triple H and all these old wrestlers. She loves Cody Rhodes. She's so stoked that Jade Cargill is coming because she gets to wrestle all of her favorite wrestlers. We went to Raw, and my seven-year-old was chanting tiny balls at The Miz, and I knew that I had won. <laughs> she turned to me and said, Dad, what does that mean? Because she's a pretty naive, innocent child. But I was like, tear in my eye, like, you've arrived. You've arrived, young one. <laughs> and, and so I love it right now. I think WWE is hitting on a lot of cylinders right now. I, uh, you know, they, they had this high right before mania. They had that great WrestleMania first night. And then the second night was like the biggest letdown in the world. I was really worried, but they seem to have stabilized a little bit. Um, they're putting out a decent product every week, multiple times a week. I wish Roman Reigns was on, you know, it feels like Brock Lesnar's back where we never see the champ and I'm never a fan of an absentee champion. Um, but it's good right now. I, I, I liked I mean, even a, a throwaway uh, pay-per-view, I know they're, what are they, live events, premium live events. I'll call them pay-per-views my whole life. Like, even like something that didn't really have a lot of high-stakes matches still produced a really fun night for me. Um, and so I'm excited. I, I, I like where it's going. There's there's just so many new matchups I'm excited for. The Jay and Cody thing feels weird, but it kind of works with me. I loved their press conference afterwards. Like, one of the greatest things I've watched in a while. And... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm all in again. I, I go ebb and flow, but I'm excited for Survivor Series. Raw the other night when they had all the star or was it SmackDown where they were all like facing off. Like, let's go. I, I'm loving what they're doing. Right they now. are cooking. They're not cooking on high heat. I, I think that's when they once they get to WrestleMania and Royal Rumble season, which 
I will be attending uh, Royal Rumble this year, and I am very excited yes. about it. Yes. And once you get to Royal Rumble, that's when high heat turn. Like right after Survivor Series and that Rumble build is when Triple H goes, "All right, let's turn let's turn this up and see what we can do here." Um, they have a lot of interesting storylines, really up and down the card. I mean, the Intercontinental Championship with Gunther. You know, it, it's just to quote Sheamus, it's banger after banger with him. And I think the other thing that makes it fun as a wrestling fan right now is just the competition. You mentioned Jade Cargill coming over from AEW to sign with WWE. I also believe that, you know, because of AEW's presence, you have a lot of you have a lot of kind of just that push, that little push for WWE to get better and continue to elevate their product and put out better storylines and create better. I mean, I watched NXT for the first time in a while on Tuesday and it was awesome. Like part of it was because they had a whole bunch of old guys show up like John Cena and the undertaker. But the other part is you can just see that they're churning out something constantly, which is, I think is something that AEW struggles with, but it's existence because eventually AEW is going to find its footing again. They'll, they'll have some good storylines and I think it's a big win for wrestling fans, because I think the product on no matter what you're watching has never been better. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. I uh, I tune in every week. I'm excited every week. I feel like there's a time where I spot watched, and now I'm like even the mid card Gunther can go. Man, I am all in on that guy. He is so good, and I'm really excited for him to elevate to like that next echelon and some of the matches we can see. Um, but the mid card, both the, I mean, the U.S. title has been fun too. like the Mysterio thing. You know, they're using him in the right way. Both of those titles feel elevated. Um, you know, the Seth and Shinsuke stuff was was super kind of fun. I kind of I love bad Shinsuke. I like that version of him better. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like they are just they're solid from start to finish. Um, most shows um, and, and even guys like Gable are finally given a chance to like really show what he can do, which is really fun. I know in our household, like we walk around all the time, you know, thank you. And like everything we do <laughs> and they're fun. Like that's what it wrestling should be. It doesn't always have to be just top heavy, but make it matter, make stories matter. And people will come and I will tune in and a lot of will tune in. We didn't even uh, talk about DIY because the yeah. best part about <laughs> DIY getting better is, they have to break up at some point yep, and we'll yep. probably get that as well. Um, yep. Nick, thank you for coming on the show today. Always fun to talk about our mediocre football team <laughs> and uh, what we got going on with the, or what we got going on in pro wrestling. Cause obviously uh, that is a thing, but that is all the time we have for the Viking age podcast today. We do it every Monday and Thursday, right here on the Viking age YouTube channel. We're also on Apple and Spotify the very next day, but don't forget to rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode and we can spread the word to the at Matt and uh, I can't even talk. Wrestling gets me so excited. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. Um, I am Chris Shad for Nick Marty. We'll talk to you next time on the Viking Age podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.